What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. My name is Ramon, and this is Dad's Podcast Project. And today, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is having conversations with your kids. It is definitely not easy having conversations with children. I think that for myself, having to having to sit down and just try to have a conversation with my son lately has been, for lack of a better word, challenging. He is four years old going on five. And I don't want to sound complacent when I'm mentioning this, but I do want to say that it's one of the things that I continue to try and I'm continuing to try to implement is having conversations with him and really trying to grasp a better understanding of where he is coming from when maybe being problematic, when trying to get in trouble or doing things that he knows either breaks the rules or is something that he he would get reprimanded for. So, for example, this evening, we kept telling him sort of like, just calm, calm yourself down. He's very hi- hyper being the fact that we're indoors. He's probably just ready to get out, go play on the playground, just, you know, let loose. But the fact that we're stuck indoors, sheltering in place, it, it's having an effect on all of us. Cabin fever definitely sets in with children as well. At least in my observation, the kids definitely realize that we're not going outside and that we're not doing anything that we used to do uh, that was a part of the norm. So he's acting or he was acting kind of problematic in the sense that he was hitting his sister. And we don't allow hitting in this house. I say we don't allow it, but they continue to do it. And we don't want them to. And we keep saying, stop hitting, stop hitting, stop hitting. And it just, to no end, does he keep trying to find ways to either hit his sister, hit the walls, hit us. And we're really just wondering, like, where is this coming from? Now, I am going to be looking into this further. I think that with education comes a better understanding of things. And it's one of the things that I've not really taken the time to do. I I admit uh, my shortcomings in that regard. And because of that, it is something that I intend on looking into further and hopefully providing you guys with an update as to either what I find or what I implement and if any change occurs. Um, As always, the comment sections are open for you guys to let me know how your approach has been if you have children who either don't listen or you feel like you're you're like a tape on repeat or a CD on repeat, you just stop, 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 don't, don't, don't. And what have you found that works? I'm I'm open to subge- subge- suggestions, and I think that having a dialogue as parents is one of the things that it should be welcome. I feel now I don't try to tell you what it is you should do. I don't try to tell you how to parent, but if through this podcast you find some value, some meaning, or just something that you can add to your toolbox as a parent, then by all means, I've I've done something to contribute to the pool of parenting at large. And you can do so in the comments down below if you so choose to. Now, after hitting his sister, I'm sort of being like 
the conversation between us is you need to stop hitting your sister. And I get in return, okay, I'm sorry, I'll stop. And I'm sorry is it's never not going to mean something. But when you say it a lot, like when you're in a relationship, <laughs> I think that the person who you're dating saying sorry can definitely lose its meaning over time. However, with your kids, it, it never really loses its meaning. I mean, these are your, they're your blood. They're your children. They can say they're sorry, like those Sour Patch Kid commercials. They do something really that just gets under your skin, and the next minute they're very wholesome and sweet, and you just forgive them instantly. That's just what comes with the territory in being a parent. So it never doesn't mean anything, but... I feel that the apology is losing its weight. And one of the things that I'm trying to implement or I'm trying to teach and convey is your word, what your word means. And when you tell someone you're going to do something, you do it. And if you don't and you continue on that path, people will not believe you anymore. When you tell me you're not going to hit your sister anymore, when you tell me you're not going to maybe color on the table if you keep doing it or if you do it minutes later i am no longer going to believe you and it's sort of the boy who cried wolf scenario now i've tried to tell him that story i don't think it really hits and so i really just try to hone in on the when you tell me you're going to do something you need to do it otherwise don't tell me like it's Maybe not don't tell me, but I do give him the example of when I tell you I'm going to do something, I do it. When when you ask me politely for water and I say, okay, I'm going to get it. I don't just say, okay, I'm going to get it and then ignore the fact that I said that and then tell you, oh, yeah, 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 I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. And that water never comes to you. No, when you ask me and I tell you I'm going to, I do it. Or I don't even tell you I'm going to do it. I just do it. It's That's the way it is. When we say we're going to take you somewhere, when we say we're going to get you something as a treat or whatever the case may be, we follow through. That way, you know, you can trust us. You can believe in our word. And I don't think it's too much for him to grasp, but I think it's maybe a bit for him to implement in his own sort of day-to-day routine. I try as hard as I may. It's it's something that I I hope it's a value that I can instill within him soon. <laughs> Hitting is definitely not a good thing, and his sister is so tiny, and he, he can really throw those haymakers. I think he is too young to get into boxing or anything like that, but... Maybe that's something that we'll have to look into later on down the road. However, I'm sort of getting off course here. It it came to an impasse when he did it again. And my wife and I have been having these discussions about we can't just send him to his room. Every time he does something, we can't just say, go to your room and just ignore the fact that he's in there and then try to, I don't think the approach we can have with him is sort of the TGIF Danny Tanner, you know, full house kind of approach. 
where he goes to his room and then we come in, cue soft music, have a heart-to-heart talk and hug it out. I think that <laughs> we've tried that and <laughs> we, we get that, I'm sorry. And then it's just right back to business as usual. One of the things that I try to do or I've, I've been trying to do for the past couple of days now, and I think it's, I think it's starting, it's a little bit rocky right now and I, I want to see where it goes. So I, I give it a little bit longer, but I really want to engage him on like, what do you remember from the day? And so I'm back at work now. We're back to business as usual at work. We're no longer sheltering in place. We're trying to be as cautious as possible, but I don't have that time home with the kids like I did for the past couple of weeks. And so when I got home today, I made it a point to rather than send him to his room for acting up to tell him to go ahead and sit at the dinner table with me and wait for dinner. Now, he didn't really want to do this, and he might have saw it as a punishment. I didn't necessarily want to tag it as a punishment. I wanted it to be more of a, you know, let's just do this together. You're waiting for your dinner. I want to talk to you. Let's go ahead and sit. And I also really wanted him to calm down. He needed to cool his jets because I can see when he's starting to build up that momentum that then it's like he's going to do this. He's going to do that. Kind of like the Tasmanian devil from Looney Tunes for any of you guys who are of my age or older and remember those. Um, And so I really wanted him to cool down and just sort of mellow out for a little bit. So he sat with me and I asked him about his day. I was like, how did you... How was your day? What did you learn today? What did you do? And just typical, nothing. I don't remember. I don't know what I did. And I feel like, you know, it's like pulling teeth or an interrogation at this point. But I I keep pressing and then my wife chimes in and says that they went to the store and he wore a mask and she thought he would have took it off, but he ended up wearing it the entire time as if no, it wasn't a problem. And so I asked him about that. I said, hey, I thought... I thought you said you didn't do anything today. What about the store? What about the mask? What about, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. And then I asked him about what he learned today because we're trying to implement some kind of homeschooling while he's not in school. And all of these things, just trying to, I don't know, help with his his like memory retention. Like, do you remember how you got dressed in the morning? Did you need help? Uh, how did you sleep? Did you have any dreams? things like that. And I noticed that it helped to calm him down because I was keeping him maybe mentally engaged as opposed to physically. And it's one of the things that I I, I feel that there might be something here. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's a venture that I'm going to continue to, I guess, see through until, until something changes. And I still, I'm still going to be looking up any type of studies or any type of sites online to see if there's anything to indicate that maybe, maybe my approach is not the right approach for his type of personality. And I have a lot of old school coworkers that are just like, you know, they would think I'm crazy the way that I'm talking like personality. We're talking about personality. A belt will give, you know, your kids, the personality they need real quick, only one kind of personality, respect. And, you know, I was raised that way too. It's, it's not the way that I want to go. I, I think that, you know, there's no one right way. There's no one way to do this. And 
That was the way it was done for me in moderation. I'm not defending it, but it's not the way that I want to do it. It's not the type of discipline that I want to implement. So I have to find other avenues. That means doing more research because who can you ask, really? You can't ask the, your parents who raised you if they raised you, you know, with a belt as discipline. So you have to look to others who have tried it. And I guess that's why I reach out. I reach out to, to my other coworkers who are young parents um, who are, you know, reading all these books and trying all these new, new wave things. And, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's something to it. I think that when we try to, I guess, put our thumb down on our children and really try to micromanage how it is that they, they are inter- engaging in this world and how it is they're going about their day, it might not be the most beneficial thing. They might not always respond to timeouts or going to their room or like the Simpsons writing, I will not hit my sister on a chalkboard a hundred times. So I'm really wanting to find what's going to work for them. Other things that I wanted to talk about are just what's been going on in the day-to-day. As I mentioned earlier, I am back to work. I think that the stay-at-home or shelter-in-place is sort of like maybe going to be coming to an end within the next couple days or weeks. I know that people are really itching to get out of the house and just get back to normal. However, I'm curious as to what that's going to really look like for a lot of people. I know that for my wife and I, we're still going to go on as if some form of shelter in place is still in place. And what I mean by that is we're still going to stay indoors and only go places that we deem necessary. Um, Certain things on the list that are no longer on the list are uh, going out for Thanksgiving this year or going out for Christmas this year. We're curious about the 4th of July and what that may entail. And even for my birthday, just doing something low key, staying in and really just seeing what's what's going to transpire. Because for the past couple of weeks, everyone's just been sheltering in place, trying to do their best to flatten the curve. And once they open the doors, what's going to happen? Well, businesses are going to want to get back to work. They're going to want to get back to, you know, hiring their old staff or new staff, who, who knows with that one, uh, what shady stories we might see with that. But, you know, people are going to want to get back to work. And with that, I envision seeing like a lot of deals at restaurants to get people to go back out. That's going to probably going to be huge sales at car dealerships because they want to move these cars off the lot. That's probably, you know, like a, like a shelter in place, uh, sale. Who knows what, I don't even know what they're going to call it, but there's going to be something to get people to congregate once again. Movie tickets and all these things that people wanted to do. Chuck E. Cheese is probably going to be packed because kids have been dying to go there. And it's just going to it's just gonna go back. Like, that's kind of my question. Like, how is this going to pan out? How is this going to really look in reality, in practical implementation? And... That is one of the things or one of the reasons why we're just going to go about on our own in this household as if we're still sheltering in place. Because one of the things that we're really 
like hoping for is some sort of vaccine. And from what health officials are saying, scientists, this isn't coming this year. Maybe early to mid next year, optimistically, but not this year. And without any vaccine, who knows what this might turn into. Now, we have had someone who is close to our family who did contract the coronavirus and they got really sick. They didn't, as far as I know, because this is my wife telling me this, they didn't have to go to the hospital. They were able to shelter in home or self-quarantine at home around their family and the family didn't get it. It was sort of like they were, they had a lot of really great ideas that if my wife or I were to contract this, what we would do, because we have no other place to really go. We don't have like a second home. We don't have a trailer. We don't have a granny home in the backyard or anything like that. Even if I were to quarantine here and like my podcast studio, there's still ventilation that leads into the house. So we want to be as cautious as possible. And this individual, they sort of went about the approach of, well, I've got one bowl, one spoon, and that's that's all I'm using, and one cup, and that's all I'm using for this entire time I'm quarantined. No one else is using these utensils. It's only me. And that helps prevent cross-contamination, anybody else coming into contact. I mean, you still need to eat your food. So uh, the other thing was just staying in the room really washing themselves thoroughly, covering their mouth in case they were coughing or anything like that so that these, like the, the COVID-19, I don't know what you would call them, but like little virus things wouldn't like get into the air and into the house. It would just stay confined to that one space and really being conscious of what they were doing when they were coughing, whether it was coughing into their shirt coughing into the hand or whatever the case may be. And then once like the self quarantine was over, it was like, I think they just threw stuff away, clothes and, and sheets and bedding, all that stuff. It's like, they, they didn't need it anymore. <laughs> Why risk it? And so they were able to go through the hills and valleys of this coronavirus and what it brings. They said that they've had, bronchitis before where you have like heavy breathing or you know you have a lot of mucus built up in the lungs and you tend to wheeze a little bit or you tend to breathe you have labored breathing and they said that this was like way worse like it was hard to breathe and it gets spooky they got scared so remaining calm was one of the most important things and then really just self-monitoring and knowing okay, is there going to be a moment where we're just going to have to go to the hospital? So that was their experience. And it, I mean, we're super thankful that everything panned out for them and they didn't have to go to the hospital. Things didn't get worse. However, that's not the case for everybody. And one of the things that we're seeing in the news is there are a lot of states that <laughs> they're chomping at the bit to open up. I think it was Nevada. They're in the news, their governor or mayor or whomever, of saying, let's just open the doors, let's get back to work and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. If that's the case and you have 
all of the state and your voters in support of that, then I guess go ahead. Uh, it, it You kind of have to open sometime. I don't think that it's something that we can go on like this forever. I know that economically uh, with the unemployment rate where it is at record highs, People need to work or people people have bills that they have to pay. There's rent that's owed. There are businesses that are non-operational at this time and it can't go on like that forever in the society that we built for ourselves. It, it cannot because government is sort of like giving handouts like, okay, well, here's, here's a stimulus check. Here's a, it's sort of like, um, some help like a loan or loan forgiveness or whatever for small businesses that are affected by this. I mean, there's, it's really like just trying to, to put little band-aids on things, but it's not a permanent fix. So where this is going to go from here, I'm curious. And I'm curious if business is just going to start booming again, because we weren't at like an economical decline when this happened. It's not like there wasn't work. There's, there was work. It's just there was a virus that kept people from working. And so with that being said, it, if business is booming, I mean, are people going to start spending more? Is there going to be hiring? I mean, all of these things. And are we going to see another resurgence of this virus? Is this going to be something that's just part of the norm? When, if and when you get vaccinated, you know where I stand on vaccination if you've listened to my podcast for any period of time. If not, feel free to jump back. I think I have a couple podcasts that are titled uh, about my thoughts on vaccination. But if this is just one of those things, like when you get your flu vaccine, there mixed in that cocktail is the COVID-19 vaccine. Who knows? And if it's something that we're going to have to continue to see year after year, just there are deaths with COVID-19, there are deaths with the flu, there, I believe, are still people dying of swine flu. And so, you know, we don't hear about that as much anymore, if at all. And even when it was a thing, it wasn't as big of a thing as this is. So be it as it may, I'm really curious as to how things are going to go. We have been doing our best to just keep, keep busy during this time. We've been fortunate to be able to continue to work. I don't want to say that as like sort of a, a we're working, you're not working. It's, it's, it's a raw deal on any side of the coin that you're on. I'm sure you would want to be out there earning money, but then at the same time, would you want to put yourself at risk? It's, it's a catch 22. And one of the things, but one of the things that I am fortunate for out of all of it though, is the time that I get to that I got to spend with my kids. We don't I don't think people really recognize how much time you don't get off from work once you enter the work world. That when you're in school, like in high school, elementary school, all this stuff, you go to your classes, you have your spring break, you have your winter break, and then you have your summer vacation. And that is year after year for 18 years of your life. Some, some it's 19 super seniors out there, you know, you know who you are and that, that is it. If you don't go on to higher learning like college or university or anything like that, you jump into the work world. If you don't, I mean, you don't, but for those of you who do, 
that's it. You work until you retire or until you die or you just work. You like some employers will give you a, a one week paid vacation. Um, you do have like PTO for sick time and things like that. After you accrue a certain amount of hours, you get two weeks. And then after like 10 years, you'll get three. So you don't really get time off anymore. Unless you're like work on a blue collar job. Some of these shops, uh, they'll close down for like, say, the Christmas holiday. But Walmarts, your best buys, your any businesses that work with the public, chances are you're going to be open. You're going to be working those days. You're not going to have your weekends off like you did when you were going to school. You, you might have oddball days off. Back when I was working at Rite Aid, I would sometimes have like a, a Tuesday and a Thursday off, and it wouldn't even feel like I had any time off. felt like I would work all the time. So this was really like a gift, a gift in the sense that it was a huge silver lining for me. Terrible that there's this virus that has just swept across the nation and it's just this huge pandemic, but a blessing in the fact that I got to spend time home with my kids and we couldn't go anywhere. So we had to spend time just together, hanging out, playing or watching TV or playing games. That That's all we could do. And we don't get this often as parents. Now, I'm not going to name any names, but there were some individuals on, on the gram and on Facebook and things like that. They really seemed like they were just ready for their kids to get back in school. And I don't have kids of school age. Like our son goes to pre-K and our daughter, she's just home anyways. But maybe my Maybe my opinion might have been different had my kids been the same age as these other individuals' children. But for me, it's like, well, I'm at work all day. And I don't get to spend that much time with them. It's like a sliver of time during the week because I'm also doing night classes. I'm also recording these podcasts. And it's it's time that I, I guess I didn't get to spend with them. So the fact that I get to do it again, I I really thought it was awesome. It wasn't the easiest. I'm not going to say it was easy. It was a cakewalk or anything like that. We had fun every single day. It was tough because, again, parenting is it's no walk in the park. I mean, it's it's challenging no matter who you are. There's always the challenging moments. But the only time off that I ever got for our children was when our daughter was born. I took the six weeks paternal leave which I recommend to every father out there, every every person who is eligible for paternal leave to take the full amount. Like your job cannot fire you. Take the full amount. And I didn't do that for my son. I really, I kicked myself for that because I felt intimidated by the, by the employer that I had at the time that it wasn't going to be an option, that it was like frowned upon in a way, even though it was my right. And, you know, I, I share no like macho feeling in the fact that my son was born one day and I was back to work the next. I mean, some fathers do, but for me, it's like, I wish that I would have taken that time to spend at home with him because they're only that little for that time. And then they're big. And my wife, she shared like a a statement or a saying, I think it was just a statement that really hit hard and it hit harder once you're a parent, but that 
as a parent, we pick up our kids and we hug them and we hold them. And, but then there's one day where we just stop picking them up. And when I heard that, it was like, damn, that's, that's real. That's, that's real talk right there. There will be a day where I just stop picking my kids up and I stop holding them. I mean, I won't stop hugging them, but there will be a time where they're so big that I won't pick them up or I'll be so old that I can't. And I made sure to do that a lot during this time. I hope that you guys took advantage of that as well. And you made sure to do that with your children. And for the few that were like, man, these kids got to get back in school. They will. And it'll be back to business as usual. And I hope you never realize the opportunity you missed out on because it's a real time is fleeting. I, and I, I guess I have a different perspective though, because I was raised in a home where family is everything. And for as long as I could remember, I've always wanted children. I always wanted to have children. So when my kids came into my life, my, my wife and I's life, I felt this sense of like completeness, like, yes, I have my kids. I've always wanted kids. It's hard, but I've always wanted them. And so to me, the time was, was very valued. I cherished it. And now I'm back to work. We'll see how the rest of this year pans out. And we'll see what, what, what continues to transpire from here. But that's all I got for you guys today. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you for your continued support. If you made it this far on the podcast, again, thank you. Be sure to leave a comment in the comment section down below if you're listening in on YouTube. Be sure to leave a review on whatever streaming or podcasting platform that you're consuming this podcast within whether it's iTunes leaving a five star or a thumbs up on YouTube, everything helps. And as always, you guys, until next time, see ya.